You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. This should be an interesting conversation, right? Because it's it's a time where I'm I'm very much post something, and you are very much pre something. Yes. So I suspect that could make it. Uh, it'll be a different dynamic, if nothing else. But I I don't know. I love this topic, so I'm I'm very glad to talk about it. Oh man, I, it's I find it the kind of the most stressful thing, and I, honestly, I always avoid talking about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, the only reason I'm not saying it's like paralyzing me with fear is because <laughs> that's done. what I was doing. Yeah. 12 <laughs> months ago. Yeah. Uh, I was still freaking out even the last couple of months before we finally decided by actually buying a house. Right. That's oh, great. Like the, which is the real decision. Right. <laughs> no, but you know, you, so you I have like multiple, multiple years more of freaking out to do. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> No, I think you're smarter because you're thinking about the harder questions earlier than I did, where I just kept kicking them on down the road over and over again. No, because it was me. easier to do that, right? And yeah. I don't know. I suspect we're not the only ones that think that way. Yeah, no, it's it's it feels like such a big problem to solve, and not one that has. I mean, you know, if I contrast your situation, moving around, and you know, you made many different decisions throughout your professional career that were different right. than mine, and I stayed rooted in this place, and you know. I can rationalize that in any number of ways, cost of living or, you know, I want to keep the kids in school here or close to parents. But I mean, the reality of it is it's just, there's a lot of inertia that takes over when you start a family and and you have a job and you're like, do I need to move? And you were much more willing to do that. So I suspect that, um, that decision for you may have been even more difficult because like the, the range of choice is infinite, right? So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you worked through the problem in through many, many months. Um, but how did you kind of put some boundaries or guardrails around the decision-making process? I, I don't deal that well with, with, uh, problems that have very few parameters. Like you can live anywhere as long as you can pay for it. <laughs> right. It could be in the U S it could be somewhere else. So that's the scary thing. And you know, it makes for fun conversations as long as they're not meant to be productive. So <laughs> I think we started from like maybe the easiest place in terms of setting boundaries. And that was just cost. Right. So we, but uh, but wait, before you get there, like, was it kind of dreaming at first? Cause I mean, I, you know, it was, (laughs) and I I suspect that's the, that for us anyhow. And I want to hear what you think about this. Like when you think about it from that abstraction, like that's fun, right? Oh, I could live anywhere. Let's start Googling (laughs) and looking at YouTube videos about this part of Thailand and oh, maybe Ecuador would be fun or like, you know, (laughs) you know, whatever, you know, but you can do the same thing with States, right? Oh, I've never been to that state. Would that be somewhere fun to live? I don't know. Did, do do you guys do the same thing? Uh, that kind of dream level? Oh yeah. That part of it was fun for me. And actually it it was, I think it was marginally fun for Laura. Cause I start, I, I said the similar thing. I was like, Hey, Thailand's a thing. And she's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) immediately. Yeah. She was like super dismissive of it. And it's, that's more open space for me because there's a whole entrepreneurial community that's done this kind of lifestyle business living in Thailand and just living in places where they're doing the geo arbitrage, currency arbitrage. And it just makes that's like open territory for me. It makes perfect sense, especially in the early years of retirement. Like why wouldn't you want to maximize your, 
your dollar and minimize, you know, sequence of return risk and minimize withdrawal rate. And like, I have all that ticking around in my head. And Laura's like, all she hears is really far away from family and we're not going to have any friends. (laughs) Yeah. This is actually really funny because I suspect you and I versus kind of like our wives and and there's going to be splits in here. Like this is a topic where you and I are on the same page. Like we're starting with the money and the risk (laughs) to the portfolio and tax and stuff (laughs) like that. But later on, we're going to switch. Like, you know, you care about climate as much as my wife, Lori cares about climate. True. Right. I don't care that much. I don't think your wife does either. She doesn't. (laughs) It's going to, it's going to be fun to see where this lands, but, (laughs) but yeah, man, that, that first level of possibilities, is cool. And I, I don't know if I had one piece of guidance for people like start that stuff early because, you know, you don't want to save that for the end when it's like time to make decisions. Because to be totally fair, the last year before I stopped working, we still hadn't decided. Oh, wow. so yeah. we were still like oscillating between like the dream level discussions. Yeah. And OK, it's brass tax time. We better start building spreadsheets. And uh, maybe I wouldn't recommend that timeline. What was the furthest away you you um, dreamed of living? Oh, I mean, it depends how dreamy it can be versus like, maybe there's a way to do that. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I suspect like from a, like a, the mix of dream and realism, probably Costa Rica. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah actually, and actually started doing some research, figuring out, okay, so what would high school, my daughter would be entering high school when yeah. I was, you know, the year after I left work, you know, what, what does that look like? You know, what does college acceptance look like? You know, we were uh, healthcare. We were a couple levels down when that was even just a, an idea, not like, okay, we have decided, but I think it got just past dream level to, well, let's make sure it's feasible. Uh How about you? You mentioned Thailand, but are there other places that kind of fall in that category of far afield? I mean, that was really it. I mean, that, that discussion was shut down (laughs) pretty quick, but like, I didn't know if that was just Thailand or being, yeah, it was that really that, like you said, it's the distance from family and yeah. And I mean, in reality, like I I knew that wasn't going to fly very well, but I definitely considered Costa Rica. Like I was thinking about Portugal. I was just thinking, you know, are there places in Europe that like, I've always wanted to live in London, but like climate wise that I was pretty easy to take that one off. And cost wise, it makes like, zero sense. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I would say, I, I guess I didn't get too dreamy either because okay. uh, like you, like I'm, pr- I'm pretty well tempered by a line of reason. Like I'm keeping all of these factors in my head. Cost is one of them, but also, yeah, family is there and the kids and you know, sure. so I, I will admit it, things got maybe 20% easier. Maybe it's more, maybe I'm being unfair when we finally said, okay, We've decided it's going to be the U.S. for now, right? Yeah. My daughter's going to get through high school. Maybe someday we do shorter or long-term, you know, living abroad because we love that idea. But for now, we're going to stay in the U.S. Sure, it definitely yeah. helped a little. Yeah. Well, I think now, we're we're on the same page, man. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna tick that box <laughs> right now. Yeah, okay. It's that done. feel that feels good, but but then nice. then it's like. I mean, it is way more complex than that because the U.S. is still a pretty big place and <laughs> that's still a pretty big zone of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, for us, we, we came to exactly the same conclusion. And, you know, I think we knew in our heads that there were some very natural uh, uh, limitations that we were going to put in there just based on uh, some of the factors of interest to us. But even so, it was big. And, you know, so for me, 
and for us, for me and Lori, we went to kind of a spreadsheet approach right away. And <laughs> of course you know, you well, <laughs> not, you know, this isn't about formulas. There was a, just a little bit of formulas. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That, that comes down to just kind of a forced ranking. But the process that we went through, and I don't know if I picked this up from somebody else or it's just something I stole from work, but we each went off and came with kind of our top 10 factors that we thought would, would really help us, you know, narrow in on a place of interest. And we did that independently, right? We didn't, yeah. we didn't share any notes on that at the beginning. And then after we had our top 10, we came together and said, okay, let's compare notes. And, and, um, you know, the first step after that was to, to prioritize, uh, to, I guess, to figure out what are the top five non-negotiables, right? Uh -huh. And, and, and I, I, I freely admit, I didn't know going into that were how well that overlap was going to look. Right. And, and, <laughs> but honestly, that discussion went pretty well. Um, because the things that Lori feels really passionate about in terms of climate and, you know, access to the outdoors year round, those things are great. And even if I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, that's number one or number two, they're still pretty high on my list. So I think that went pretty well. And, and the more interesting discussion was honestly the stuff that came after that. So the, the, the things that maybe they weren't first priority, but they were pretty high. And, um, you know, that it was, I guess the, the, the thought I would leave you with on that was that first stage was just about alignment and then discussion. And the discussion went on for some time. We didn't start talking about places <laughs> yeah. right away. We started talking about those ideas and, you know, things for us, things for our daughter, for family, you know, um, and that was kind of fun. So Have where, you, where weren't you aligned? Sorry. sorry. Where weren't we aligned? Um, do you remember? No, there, I don't think there were no hard, like, you know, orthogonality like this is you know, yeah. okay whoa we're in trouble um i think you did something similar already oh, yeah. have, have you found areas where you're you know maybe not at odds but you have different opinions um <laughs> oh I'm yeah yes <laughs> well i mean laura and i were actually talking about this last night um oh, okay. again just because i was i just I mean, this is a big decision. I feel like it feels a little strange for you and I just to be having this conversation because sure. it does involve your spouse to such a high degree. I mean, Absolutely. you know, 50% or more of the decision is going to be made by your spouse, depending on how these things overlap. But yeah, we, we came up with this kind of 10 non-negotiable items. And right. I mean, I'm looking at it here. Um, and we, yeah, we did it, too. we did it independently just based on your recommendation. And I really liked that. Um, I mean, we both agreed, I think in principle on a, a lot of things, we, we haven't gone through that process of ranking them. Okay. And I think when we start to rank them, that's where the real friction comes in. So I think one, one of the bigger sort of points of difference is, and, and I don't know, really know how to solve this. Maybe you can kind of help me. Um, Ooh, Laura wants to be in a city you know, she wants access to culture and community and all the things that, you know, we haven't had access to for the 20 years that we've been living here in Maine. Right. And I want those things too, but, and, and she wants to be able to step out her door and walk to restaurants, be able to walk to the theater, walk to movies, things like that. Right. And I, I don't know that I'm ready to live in a city necessarily. I don't know that like that priority is higher than say access to the outdoors and a good place to hike and exercise. Like I, I don't know how to solve that problem quite yet. Um, because you know, that 
there is a part of me that wants to live in a city, but I want to do it for very um, distinct defined periods of time. I, it can't be an open-ended, like we're, we're moving to a city and I can rationalize this. I mean, just from a cost perspective, because it's just more expensive. Right. (laughs) Um, but, but that's one of those things where, you know, we both have these things on our list that we want access to culture, but it's like the proximity is an issue. Like for me, if I can drive to that within 20 or 30 minutes, or if I can drive to an airport within an hour, uh, that has good connections. I'm totally happy and fine with that. Absolutely. But, but her gradation of importance there probably ranks a little higher than mine. Um, whereas, and, you know, we just spoke about this, but climate wise, I need a sunny place to live. I mean, I'm, I'm looking out at gray skies. Once again, this is like day oh, number 328 out of the last 365 that is cloudy. But I mean, just it, it wouldn't be my choice of place to live in like the Pacific Northwest, for example. But Laura, like you, is like, hey, how about Oregon? Right. <laughs> like, no, yeah. that's not going to work for me, man. <laughs> yeah. Or Lori. So and that's why we don't live in Oregon. Yeah. And then, but, the, uh, the, I mean, yeah. another point that we differ a little bit is family. How close are we to family? And she was, she was saying this, I mean, I don't mean to speak for her because I think when we do an episode with our wives, she'll, she'll probably say this, but yeah, absolutely. um, There's a, there's a sense of guilt like, okay, our parents are aging. If we move real far away, Oregon, for example, (laughs) um, we don't, you know, somehow we're shirking a responsibility to our parents and, and that's a real thing. Um, but my argument against that is, well, if we've positioned ourselves close enough to transportation hub that Precisely. can get us home, like we, we can get there when we need to. But I think for her, it's more of kind of a, a long-term support idea and a feeling of responsibility. And I don't know, she's Catholic, so there's like just guilt involved. In yeah, I was going to say, she was raised the same way. <laughs> yeah. sure. You know, as I look down my list, I had things like healthcare on there. Um, and she didn't have that like access to healthcare. So clearly I'm the one who's probably going to get sick earlier and and die before she does. (laughs) Well, if you ate some vegetables once in a while, dude, uh, don't get me started on that. You know, it is a little weird to talk about this just from our, your and my perspective, because this is a a team decision and you know, the the kids get at least a little vote too. Um, and certainly in my case, because, um, we moved while my daughter was in school between middle school and high school. The family thing is really important. And that answer is also likely to change over time. Yeah. Um, our parents are in a similar age bracket. I suspect someone watching this who's trying to, you know, let's say lean fire in their you know, early 30s. Well, their parents are probably going to be younger uh, as a result. And, and their answer may differ a lot from ours. But you're you know, when you've got parents, you know, in their late 60s, early 70s, you're definitely becoming a lot more aware of, of health issues that that can happen, even if they're in great health, um, you know, and, 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 you know, ability to get to them quickly is important. And that could take a lot of forms, right? It could take living very close by to your point. Uh, and, and my thought as well, it can mean living very close to reliable transportation, right? And we live close to both regional airports and just a little farther away, major airports. And so that's definitely a thought we have in addition, you know, in, you know, retirement, when you no longer are on someone else's schedule, no matter what you're doing, you're not working for somebody else. And so the ability to just go and be with family for a couple of months, if you need to, for example, or to make a more permanent decision, if, if that came to pass, you can do that. 
here. So that's how that's definitely how we're thinking about it. But we're also pretty cognizant, and we just talked about this uh, within a week ago. Actually, our answer might change. You know, in four years, right? You know, yeah, we bought this house hoping that we would, would love this town and where we could see ourselves living long term. But just as we don't know if we're going to want to live abroad um, once our daughter is in school or after college, you know, whatever, we don't know if our feelings are going to change on wanting to live much uh, closer to our family. Uh, but for now, this is working for us. And, you know, we feel like we can do the things we need to do if, if they come to pass. And this That's gets to be decision. It's just one of those things that if you're making this decision on where to live, you've got, you know, a hundred factors. <laughs> where yeah. does that sit in the list of, of factors that are important? Like, I mean, and it's definitely a personal decision, but what yeah. I was saying to my wife was, okay, well, if that's going to be a high priority, then like, what do we do? Cho choose like a two hour radius, an eight hour radius. Uh, like, and if it's eight hours, like you get, it's pretty hard to get further than eight hours away on a plane in this country. I mean, there are, yeah, there, that's you, right. you can, impossible. but almost impossible. Right. And she, yeah. and we live about, you know, eight hours from my parents right now and right. about five hours from her mom and driving, uh, at driving. And that's right. But it's, I mean, it's, and I know going to an airport, like extra travel time and all yeah, that. It's but, within a day. Yeah. But I, she's, I'm trying to figure out, okay, are we being tethered to our parents? Like, well, what if our parents decide to move? Cause you know, my parents <laughs> spoke yeah. about that during their last visit to like, well, maybe we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's just a difficult thing to rationalize. Like they're not asking us nope. <laughs> where, where they should live. So I, I'm not, I feel really conflicted and actually it just turned into a, a, pretty strong point of friction that I just decided to step away from. Like you said, the problem space is so large. Like, is that really going to be the yeah. thing that, that governs it? And I, I, I guess it does feel maybe a little bit selfish to say, well, I want to live near the ocean. You know, like that was one of the bounds that I put on. I was like water. Okay. East coast or West coast. Like I could do one of the two probably, yep. but there's not a lot of middle ground that I'm interested in exploring right now. Did, I, you guys were the same, right? Yeah, we are. And that's uh, there's really two factors in that w became within our um, uh, certainly in, in Lori's high on Lori's list, one of which is absolutely in our um, well, I guess two of them are in our, our non-negotiables. And that is um, basically number of sunny days <laughs> per year wow. and um, ability to to do things outdoors year round. Where do you look are that very, up, by the way? Are very, what's that? Where do you look that up? Uh, there was a couple different websites. I know I remember that comparing cities. I think it was Spark Weather. Yeah, was really good. And there was another one, a, a totally different site, where I would just look for like the annual weather for a given city, and it would map it out by month. Or and, and it was really very helpful because there were areas that just sounded good, but we didn't know a lot about their their climate, for example. And then when you do that, you're like, oh, okay, um, those two months are intolerable. So. Are we going to really move somewhere where we have to get away a couple months of the year? And that's kind of why Palm Springs came off the list, because that whole area ticks so many boxes for us. But if you like have to leave between like, you know, June, July, August, like maybe that's not the right place for us to move to, even though it's appealing from a lot of other areas. I, I do want to come back to an idea that you raised, and that's the idea of these radii, because that that helps us helped us a lot um, at the micro level. You know, one of our. Uh, uh, our must haves was to be within a 30 minute walk of stuff. Uh -huh. And this actually plays into the city idea. And yeah. we don't live in a city. 
Yeah. And we feel like we're within 30 minutes of almost everything we want to do, except for, you know, maybe the theater where we would have to get in a car. But we can get to, you know, tons of restaurants within a walk, never mind wineries. Yeah. But also radii from an airport. Right. We wanted to be no more than three hours from a major international airport. And we, in fact, are basically two and a half and and the three hours from the two of the biggest airports in the country. Dude, you but, know what you yeah. should do? I just thought about this. Like you saying this radii thing, like you should make an app that just makes this decision for me. Ooh, <laughs> like I like put, that idea. Puts in my my ranked factors and then okay. spits out like possible zones of opportunity there. I like this idea. Although Can you do I really it? Admit, working on this show has like pulled me out of like doing anything with apps. I'm like all of my hobby time is spent on it's like gone. areas adjacent to this. It's learning Final Cut Pro. It's yeah, messing man. with the camera. It's like getting good with the drone, like figuring out freaking lights and having them in my face and getting used to that. And uh, you're making it sound like a bad thing. No, it's great. I love it. But I mean, it has caused a complete shift. No more coding. And how I spend my, no, I haven't written a line. <laughs> I did have an app idea recently, so at least I jotted it down. But no, I haven't done anything with it lately. But I love this idea. Yeah, but you're, uh, I mean, you have no incentive to do it because the decision, at least in the short term, has been made. <laughs> no, well, well, we'll see, right? I mean, if it's something that I think could be interesting to other people and it doesn't exist, then maybe I would think about it. But, um, but yeah, but, but radii, I mean, this whole distance from things and access to things yeah. helps reduce the problem space for us a lot. Because when you came down to it, and, and one, one thing I didn't mention was, was um, Lori uh, really wanted to be uh, ideally within a couple hours of the ocean. Um, the most I think we talked about was like you had to be able to get to it for a weekend trip, like a long weekend, a three day or something, because some of the places we were looking at absolutely were more than a couple hours away. But we, we started to convince ourselves, well, maybe that could work. And, and so that absolutely limited us to the coasts at that point. Now, yeah. that's still an awful lot of territory. And it gets a little smaller when you cut in my desire to never experience humidity again, unless I'm on vacation somewhere. And it's just well, yeah, that's all the, the south southeast is gone. So then. the southeast was gone. <laughs> yeah. And Lori doesn't want winter anymore. Northeast so the is northeast gone. is gone. So pretty soon we're left with the the west coast still yeah. big, and you can cut it up a little more based on you know sunlight, for example, when you start bringing in Oregon and Washington, but it's still big anyway. Uh, I totally get that you're going to hit these points that are, are pretty deep rooted, right? This idea of proximity to family, you know, grabbing onto this idea of living in a city. And some of those are easier to pull apart than others, um, you know, because there have been times where I thought I wanted to live in a city, too. And then the more we talked about it, uh, you know, did the plus minus analysis, you know, Lori's pretty good at checking my emotions on that kind of stuff. <laughs> the minuses of living in a city. I came to realize, and maybe it was just living so close to San Francisco, a city I love and that I thought I could find myself living in at some yeah, point. Yeah. Never mind. Let's take the cost out of the equation. Um, <laughs> right. I realized that I would not want to live there because the negatives did not outweigh the positives. So the question is, how can you still get those positives? And we realized, and I, I think we still agree with this. I mean, we've, we've only been here 10 months, so come back and check on us in a couple of years. But, man, we can walk out the door in 25 minutes be at a restaurant, a brewery, um, the library, you know, do all we can, we can hike. Um, yeah. For like more aggressive hiking. Sure. We get in our car and we'll drive, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, but you know, we can walk out our door and have some really nice walks or, you know, drag the drone out to a park and go do some stuff there. I mean, so I think there's a way, 
I, I think that to generalize the question, when you have to pull apart some of these things and get at the, the things you really care about and take them out of their environment, like, okay, I want to live in a city. I would break it down to what are the things about living in a city that are so compelling and try to figure out, is there another way to get that? Or can you get 90% there? And that's good enough. And there's going to be a lot of things like that. That's, that's just one that we're talking about. Cause you mentioned it. Does, yeah, that, does that make sense or? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, we kind of, if we rewind back to the very start of this conversation, when, when I kind of cut you off that I think kind of the easiest level of sort of triaging places is, is done by cost. And to, yes. for me, cost immediately starts to eliminate cities just naturally. Um, yeah. it doesn't eliminate all of them, of course. No. Um, and, but then if I start to look at this sort of second tier of decision-making, like we could still have that if we were close to a university town or, you know, on the outskirts of you know a city and, you know, that's where that sort of radii, uh, decision-making matrix comes into play. So yeah, I think it's, yeah. it feels a little more manageable like that, but, um, okay. yeah, I, I so wonder, I have a question for, oh, oh uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a question for you on the topic of, of cost, because I think one of the, the challenges I'm imagining for you, and, and I would love to be wrong about this is if you haven't locked in what you think your monthly burn looks like, that might that would also mean you might not have sort of figured out your allocation for housing expenses, right? This is what I'm willing to spend. This is my ceiling on rent or mortgage, utilities, et cetera. Have you done that yet, or is that still more of a concept? No, and that's like that's feeding into this whole <laughs> yeah, sort of anxiety about it because I feel like I have to solve it sooner rather than later. I mean, we built enough padding into the number to. Well, I feel like to cover that. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, abstractly there's a contingency for it, but geez, I mean, it's, I figure housing for us is covered for half the year because we're probably going to live in this house behind us okay. here. You're going to keep it. Okay. We're going to keep it. Yeah. And, uh, we're probably not going to rent it because we want the ability to come back here at Christmas or have the kids okay. here, or maybe the kids live in it. I don't know what, what that looks like exactly, but it's probably not going to go away. So, you know, 50% um, of the year, we need to come up with, with something. And as yes. we, you know, as we started talking about how we might experiment with this, because it, it feels like a lot to commit to one single place. Um, we thought, okay, like when the five, we reach five, you know, the RE date happens and we say, we're just going to, you know, pick a place and live there for a month. We're going to, we're going to target yep. like four or five different places maybe and live in each place for a month. That's the idea. Um, okay. So, you know, even when we just start researching that and we start looking for long-term Airbnbs, uh, that's not very affordable. <laughs> and no, it's not, but it's also opportunity cost, right? That, that, true. that might be the thing that really helps you guys gain confidence, especially if you find these areas of disconnect. Yeah. It might take an immersion yeah. to help the other person understand this is or is not something that could work. It's, it's just a thought, right? You could think of it from that perspective. Totally. I mean, I, I don't know. It just feels so intractable in a way, because e even as I start digging into that, I'm like, oh man, this is, especially in the time of year that we'd want to be leaving this place when it's cold and going okay. somewhere warm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the worst like, prices. Yeah. Let's say Bahamas were on our list, right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Go there in the winter. You're right. It's not exactly <laughs> cheap to do that. Right. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's other means of, of solving that. And one of the things that 
we had been contemplating was like living on a trawler, a boat, you know, a, oh, mo- nice. a, a power boat kind of thing. Um, I have this client now who is totally into sailing and trying to talk me into like a catamaran or a nice sailboat. He's like, Oh, you, it, it will teach you how to sail. And, you know, I was like, Oh man, that, that feels like even a step further beyond oh, my, yeah. my comfort zone. Right. Um, I but, so. but, and so I, I went down this rabbit hole of like looking what a, what a trawler might cost. So, so, like the trawlers I was looking at, they're not huge. I don't know, 35, 40 feet, something like that. You know, new kind of stripped down uh, yeah. would be 350, 400,000, you know, for something like that. So basically the right. cost of the house. It's a house. It's a house, right? And it's a huge depreciating asset. I was going to say, does it depreciate even faster than a house? I feel oh, like God, it does. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and so when I got down this rabbit hole and I started like doing the research, they, they tell you to expect 10% of the purchase price of the boat that you buy in annual maintenance costs. That's between 30 and 40,000 bucks a year. Like there's no way I spend that on the house every year. There's just no way. And, uh, I don't know. And then just the idea that I don't know anything about diesel maintenance and you know, it's, it's kind of fun here again. Maybe this fits into the dream category. Like it's fun to think about that. And as you've been talking about, you know, all this sort of white space and time you have to dig into coding or drones or whatever else it is. As I look forward to that time, I'm like, well, geez, I'd have the time to learn it. It'd be fun. I'd like to, you know, sure. I like learning new things, but <laughs> I don't know. It solves a lot of problems from the location standpoint. Cause we it can does. just, yeah, we can go up and you don't down. Have to commit. You don't, don't have to commit. That's perfect. You have to commit to a boat, but you don't have to commit to <laughs> right. uh, commit to a, a living location. Yeah, a boat. Break right. out no another thousand men. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's it's funny. You 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 touched on something without saying it, and that is there is an element here of what do you want your next phase of life to look like? Yeah. And I have totally met people who want to buy some rundown, you know, house and, and rebuild the thing over nightmare. the of years, right? <laughs> nightmare. nightmare for you. Who, um, who wants but, to do that? I'll talk to, I'll talk them out of it. Living on a boat and kind of half-assing it while you learn how to work on the boat and like all this stuff, like, you know, is that a valid plan? Yeah. Does it have risk? Absolutely. But I could see somebody maybe wanting to do that. But I mean, another view, just I'm imagining somebody watching this conversation is, well, it would be good to have that, tr- that trawler idea you know, at least several years before you tap out and which, you know, is to be fair is where you find yourself. But on the same note, you're also still working, right? You can't devote, you know, tens of hours a month, probably just to, uh, learning diesel maintenance and all these things you would need to do cartography. Right? I mean, you're, you're a pretty good boy scout, but I don't think that means that you're ready to, uh, to captain the ship, uh, around the world. But you know, I guess one could say, <laughs> You can take a dream and turning it into a plan. You just got to give yourself enough runway to make that thing happen. But um, for people who know where they want to live or they're able to sort of guide themselves down this process sooner, that's an awful good thing to do because then your housing uh, budget can be determined much sooner and that can play into your your number, right? And and setting that number with the highest confidence you can is, of course, what all of us are trying to do because – you know, you don't want to like do all this work and tap out of the workplace and and find that you're not really prepared financially. You're just right? telling you're, me I'm really un unprepared. No, I'm, I'm not. being you're irresponsible. More prepared than me because I didn't do this until my last couple of years. And man, 
Um, but but on the on the positive side, spinning that around because uh, you know I, I I like I like to think about the half full glass. So positive. Here's how we figured out our housing ceiling. So we were living in a very high cost of living area. We were we were in the Bay Area, and we knew we weren't going to live there because it was just too expensive. And when you added in the cost of healthcare premiums, right, which we would be paying out of pocket. And so we figured out, we did that budgeting exercise, you know, for, uh, you know, some period of time, more than a year before I stopped working. So we knew what our living expenses that, that we were going to lock in on would be like, and with all our buffers and padding, like we've talked about. And then we figured out what we were willing to spend as a maximum on housing. Now, of course, I didn't want to be near the ceiling. Turns out we are near the ceiling. Um, but um, we're really happy with where we are. But we fit. Um, we figured out a maximum. Did and you tell Lori? Yes, she was part of that discussion. There's your problem. She was part of the discussion. But you honestly, should have given her a lower number, dude. How come every time when you talk about a range for buying a house, you end up at the top of the range? Dude. I think our range was too big. That was the problem. By setting that upper bound, it immediately allowed us to eliminate things from consideration because they just weren't going to fit the budget. And yeah. the good news is there weren't places that I think were going to bubble up to the top of the list that were going to get axed by that. But as a sort of a guidance point, it really helped because then we could work on the more difficult things, right? This this ranking process, the parameters of, of highest uh, importance to each of us, et cetera. So figuring out your budget bounds, I think is a really good thing to do as early as you can. There's another sort of tier of cost decisions and it's like related to taxes too, right? I mean, it doesn't sound like taxes really shape. I mean, you're living in, in a pretty tax heavy state, but you know, there are certain states that have no income tax, you know, you gotta yes. be thinking about property tax. If you're going to own something like, how, I mean, it sounds like that didn't really factor into the equation, but I have to imagine people watching this, especially if you have a business like me and you plan on, you know, continuing to earn through passive sources after you retire, you know, taxes definitely have to enter the equation. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Phi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. <laughs>